This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLB, TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Good evening, Ms. Noni Hazelhurst, in place of Mr. Pete Dillon. I'm poivre tonight. You are, you Um, are pepper. French pepper. I would have thought maybe you'd choose a more glamorous condiment. Coriander. Oh God, I don't like salt and coriander. Salt salt and balsamic. You like licorice? What about salt and licorice? (laughs) As you will be aware, you're listening to Salt and Pepper on Joy ninety four point nine. It's just six minutes past seven of the evening. The beautiful Noni Hazelhurst has stepped into to. to save join the day. me to save the day because young Pete Dillon is um, at home with a with a hot towel on his head, feeling poorly. Just for a change. <laughs> Shout out to Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. Get well soon, Dilly. We we will miss you tonight. Um, thank you for joining us. You you haven't joined us for a while because you've been off shooting a new show up in uh, Sydney. I have indeed. Yes, a new drama for the Seven Network, which will be out sometime next year. I'm sure they'll run lots of nauseating ads for it during the tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, make everyone sick of it before it goes to air. A, a Place to Call Home, it's catchingly titled. And what character are you playing, Nones? I play Elizabeth Bly, and Elizabeth is a wealthy uh, matriarch, widow, uh, very large fish in a very small pond who lives in country New South Wales, set in the 50s. Um, and she has lots of recalcitrant family members who cause her nothing but grief. Oh, does that feel familiar? Yes. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Yes. Oh, look, thank you so much for joining us. We have a great Pleasure. show tonight. We have our uh, first guest tonight is a, a wonderful uh, woman called Jane Gilmore, who is the editor and publisher of a wonderful indie mag called The King's Tribune. And I stumbled across The Tribune many months ago and found that they're publishing fantastic conversations around all issues relating to same sex, marriage, equality, relationships. Fantastic lady. So we're going to chat to her very shortly. A newspaper worth reading, in fact. It really is. You can, and, and Jane's going to walk us through how people can find it. Um, we'll also be talking to one of the contributors from that magazine. His name is Andrew, and he's a, a criminal lawyer up in Sydney. And he's he's a writer and a Christian and a Christian, and he's staunchly opposed to all things ACL, which is the Australian Christian Lobby. So we're going to chat to him as well. And then we're going to play some wonderful audio from a few famous folk that will help sort of round out a show that's got religion and family as its broader theme today. Yes, we're going to have another actress giving we her will bit. Indeed. We Sally we Field. Will indeed. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a tidy little show. This is the gayest station in the nation. Join 94.9. You're listening to Salt and Pepper with Serena and Pete. It must be Tuesday. Chop here. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Idiot. I do love a bit of Ethel. Isn't she fabulous? <laughs> um, a tweet's just come in and it's actually for Noni. Oh. And um, it's from Paul in Sydney and he says that he's a preschooler. Pre- he's not a preschooler. <laughs> he should be in bed if that's he the should. case. Well, he said, as a preschool teacher, I just wanted to show- shower Noni in admiration for oh. her lovely book that has the really big swear word in it, which oh. is go the to sleep. I wish it was my book. <laughs> it sold squillions. I know, but you owned it. Well, yes. You I know, owned you owned it. the performance, you know, you did the, the Noni version. It was fantastic. 
fantastic. Thank you, Paul. That's Look, very sweet. It is a lovely text and um, message from Paul, and we do thank him for taking the time to send that in. Look, we do have the lovely Jane Gilmore, the editor of the Tribune here. Uh, Jane has trained as an accountant. She works as a consultant and has absolutely no media experience at all. She's very self-deprecating. So she no, decided true. <laughs> that makes her the perfect person to attempt to start a new magazine in the current media environment. Uh, no one had any idea what they were doing. And, um, you know, she wasn't sure that anybody would be that stupid. And she joins us live <laughs> in the studio tonight. Welcome, Jane Gilmore. Thank you, Serena. Look, Lovely to have you here. I just discovered the King's Tribune today when I knew that I was going to be coming in and Serena said this is what it's about. And I love it. I think It's you. wonderful. Good. I mean, for finally, something as I just said to Serena, something that is actually interesting to read that doesn't make my hair curl in rage, full of interesting articles by really erudite people who know what they're talking about and who are very fair and balanced and smart. I think most of that really does come because we don't have any media experience. So we were just putting together things that we're putting together as readers rather than as professional media people. And we are, that I know of, the only magazine in our space that doesn't have any advertising and doesn't get any Arts Council funding or government funding. So we are only answerable to the readers. So it's the only way we can keep going is to find things that people find interesting, not worthy or appropriate, just interesting. So, so how did you start it? Uh, it started in a bar. <laughs> there was possibly a drink taken at the time. Um, there was an air guitar competition, and Justin won the air guitar competition, and after many celebratory pints, somebody said, we should write this up and, and turn it into an article. And then we, we did, and no one would publish it, so we published it ourselves, and it became uh, just a newsletter in the bar. And then from there, we took it out to Elwood and St Kilda and turned it into a little local magazine. And then um, the internet hit, and it went all over the world. We've got subscribers in Czechoslovakia. It's awesome. Oh, fantastic. That's terribly glamorous. <laughs> Look, you know, I, I've, I've looked at some of the stuff that you've done, Jane, and it, it just seems to me that you're you're not afraid to publish conversations that other people won't. So, I mean, I'm a gay woman, and I, and I latched onto the Tribune because you've got wonderful people like Helen Razor writing for you. Oh, I love Helen. You know, Helen is just, she's not afraid to say what she thinks. And what I love about the Tribune, and I'd like you to share this with, our, with the listeners, is, is your commitment to discussing anything that relates to same-sex people, same-sex attracted people. Um, tell us some of the articles that you've published and, and why. Um, the, the most recent one was one we did by Beck Shaw, which was brilliant, and I published that because I, I read a lot of blogs looking for writers. They're surprisingly thin on the ground. And I found an article that she'd written about what it was like growing up as a lesbian and trying to find pop culture things that she could relate to. You know, you're watching TV and two people are kissing and you're looking at it going, no, that's not That just not right. doesn't resonate for mm. me. I yeah. read that article by Beck and, and it's, it's a wonderful description. Yeah, it is. She, and because I'm always looking for the two criteria really that I only have for articles is, is it interesting and is it well written? And her blog was both of those things. So I got in touch with her and said, hey, I haven't seen this one written up before. Can you write an article about it for me? And um, the other, the most popular one we've ever published about the, any gay issue was the one that Andrew wrote, um, and he's a straight Christian, and it was just saying the ACL does not speak for me, and he was really quite offended by the fact that Jim Wallace pretends to speak for every Christian in Australia, and so he, he got in touch with me and said, do you want that as an article? And I said, hell yes, I do. You'll be a guest so, later on in yeah. the hour. I also read a terrific article, I can't remember who wrote it today, um, by a gay woman saying that she does not want to be Sue, married. Yes, Sue Ann Post, who actually said it that, was very that funny. the queer 
community should get together and rescue their straight brothers and sisters from the bonds of matrimony. <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous, isn't it? And, and that's what I love because mm. I'm, I'm a great proponent of the language of equality, coming back to the mm-hmm. word equality and moving away from marriage. Because I think when you, when you strive for equality across the board, that naturally encompasses marriage and a whole range of other rights that, that we are entitled to. I'm interested to hear a bit more about Helen Razor because Helen doesn't buy into the dogma of branding her sexuality. No, and I completely agree with her. It would never occur to me to think about the romantic relationships of any of my writers. How is that ever my business? If I was trying to get something published and somebody was asking about my personal relationships, I'd be furious. So, so I don't. I completely think Helen's right. I, you, you judge people's ability as a writer on on what they write about, whether it's interesting and whether they write about it well. And Helen writes beautifully and writes about very interesting things and. That's entire, That's everything that she is, but her, how she identifies sexually is only a part of that. She's also a football fan and a feminist and a nutcase and a radio presenter and all these things that make her wonderful. Well, I've always said um, one of the first conversations I ever had with Noni was I said to her, one of the least interesting things you'll ever know about me is the fact that mm. I'm gay. And, and I stand by that. Mm. Uh, I think that people like Helen Razor bring that conversation into, in, into the, the King's Tribune space and, and, and out goes that information and, mm. and people can just read, you know, what she's saying when she removes the sexuality from the conversation mm. and she brings it down to human. Yes. The human. And it's balanced. It's not saying, you know, you should think one way or another way. It's just saying, here's some information that I think is worth sharing. I mean, yes, you're right. It is the least interesting thing about you. (laughs) (laughs) There are some other things vying for that position. (laughs) Not at all. Noni's Um, relying on me for a lift home tonight. I'm relying on you to get me through this hour, Pet. Never mind a lift home. The bus will be looking good. Um, So, Jane, do you do this all yourself? Um. Not entirely. The, um, we have a girl who helped me with the layout. She's now got a full-time job and is only sort of helping out a bit at the end, but she set up the template and taught me how to do the layout because, again, no media experience before then. I had no idea. Our very first issue was a double page, double-sided A4 page, and I did it in Microsoft Word and printed it at the local office works. So we've come a long way since then. Um, Justin, who's the deputy editor, has... Also helps a lot, but um, I have I'm very lucky that I have a very flexible job that earns me enough money to pay the rent and kick in for the bits that the Tribune subscribers don't manage. Um, so my time is very flexible, um, but yeah, the, all the rest of it I do myself, and oh. I, I love it. Why the title King's Tribune? Because uh, the bar that in which we were drinking when we came up with the idea is they're called the King of Tonga. It's a really snazzy little pub in Elwood and mm. uh, we visited it recently with Jane to, to check out, you know, where it all began. And it's it's humble, but it's it's very quirky, a very quirky little oh, space. it's a fabulous place. I've spent a little bit too much time in there. <laughs> Look, I don't think that's a bad thing. Tell me, how do people, how do you come across your writers? Tell us a bit more about Ben Pobji and and um, uh, Joe Thornley, I think, writes yes. for you. and uh, the I passionately devoted to my writers partly because they're so difficult to find you would think that finding content would be the easiest thing because everybody's got a blog but finding really good interesting content is incredibly difficult um, Ben Pobji was the first professional writer I ever commissioned and I was so nervous when I emailed him and he was so lovely he's and has been oh he's yeah, wonderful he's gorgeous the whole way through he knows that we're struggling and he's waited weeks sometimes occasionally months for me to pay his invoices and he always just keeps going with us he's been so supportive and I'm so grateful to him um Joe 
and Helen, I was thrilled when she lost her gig with FHM because that was when I jumped in and went, right, mine. Um, <laughs> so that was just a, a, by that stage, it was all um, getting in contact with people on Twitter. That was how I found all the rest of them. Um, ben kind of gave us the lift up into that world. And from there, pretty much every time I've got in contact with somebody, I've never, I think I've ever had anybody just refuse outright. I've had people say I'm too busy or, or I haven't got time um, I haven't got anything interesting to say at the moment. I've got to finish this book, but I've never had anyone turn me down. Do you want people to submit articles Oh, we to get you? a lot of unsolicited pieces. Um, and it's really awful because I would like to be able to reply to all of them, and they all want feedback, and I understand that. But You're not an editor. I would get it. Other people's writing in that I would sense. get at least a dozen a week. And yeah. with doing the, most of the magazine myself, plus working, plus trying to run a family. and You've got a bit on. Yes, yes. I do. So, Jane, tell us, what's your goal for the future of, of the Tribune? I, I know that you're doing uh, a little bit of crowdsourcing funding initiative at the moment. Yeah. It would be great if you could tell people how they can find you. And, and, and more importantly, what is the goal for the Tribune at the moment? At the moment, it's just to get it on sound financial footing. We have enough subscribers now that I can pay printing costs and writers' costs. So once I get to – the goal is always to get to that so it at least pays for itself. Um, we had to borrow a fair bit of money to get here and we've got to pay all that back by the end of the year. So we're now in a very awkward position of I've got to choose. I've, either the debt's got to go or the Tribune's got to go because I can't do both of them. So we started doing uh, crowdsourcing. Somebody said, I was you know, really panicking about this, what do I do, what do I do? And somebody said, crowdsourcing, try it. What is crowdsourcing for people who, do, who are listening that don't know what um, that is? It's basically panhandling on the internet. You, you put your thing out and you say, this is what I want to do. Does anybody like it, want to help me? And people contribute as much or as little as they can and um, Serena picked it up on Twitter and came out so generously and did the video for us so the video skills are not mine (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we put it up and had an amazing response it actually made me cry by the second night it was just flooding in and I was overwhelmed by the response well there's a need for what you're doing there's a really strong need for what Mm. you're doing how can people find you uh, we're on the internet, which is just www.kingstribune.com, and the crowdsourcing is Indiegogo, I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com, backslash Kingstribune. Say that again. Because <laughs> they're just reaching for their pencils, you see. Um, we do have the link on our website, but it's Indie, I-N-D-I-Gogo, or one word, dot com, backslash Kingstribune. Wow. Okay. So um, from here, if people wanted to sub- subscribe, what do they need to do? Um, that's all the subscription options are on our website, which is kingstribune.com, and there's a big subscribe button, as many different places as I could put it. And It's pretty cheap. Tell the us the prices, because I, um, I'm surprised how cheap it is, because you get an online subscription, but you also get a hard copy. Uh, we do an online only, which is yeah. $5 a month. Um, the... Most people subscribe for about three months because it's not a huge commitment. It's $25 for three months um, and it's $90 for a year and there's a couple of other options in between because the thing that I've always found, I subscribe to a number of magazines and and online things and the ones that want you to subscribe for 12 months and it it can be a big chunk out of, you know, when you're struggling, $100 can be a big chunk out of one pay. So we sort of tried to do as many options as we could to fit everybody. It seems like you you publish with heart, you publish with integrity, and 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 yep, that's that's creating a debt for you. So, the whole focus of of this campaign and the Kickstarter campaigning and getting some funds in, if you get this over the line, what do subscribers get in January, for instance? Uh, we're doing if we can get it over the line, we're going to do a huge issue, summer reading issue for January, and also partly inspired by your generosity with doing the video for us, I thought 
we have to give something back. So we're doing a short story competition for unpublished writers. And depending on how many we get, we're going to publish at least one, maybe two or three entries from that, just to try and give some new writers a bit of airtime. Um, and that will be a sort of huge, as big as we can possibly make it, depending on how much funds we get. The more funds we get, the bigger it goes. Everything will go into paying the writers. And how can people find you on Twitter? Uh, just at kingstribune.com. Okay. Uh, is it monthly? Yes. Does it come out monthly? Yep. So how do you decide on the balance? What, what are you looking for in each issue? Um, it's very hit and miss, and because it's all being done on the fly, it often gets down to, as we are now, three days past deadline, and I'm still chasing a few other writers and thinking, <laughs> OK, well, what's coming in? Hang on, I was going to write about hard drugs, or maybe I need to change it up a bit. So usually I'll... Um, make the balance on people I know can write quickly so if we've had a lot of really serious articles I might go back to, well Ben's always funny, but I might go mm. back to Ben and say look I don't want anything serious from you this month, we need to sort of balance it out oh, a you bit. can do some heavy stuff as well. Oh yes. Oh yes Well I really urge everybody to get behind the King's Tribune it's absolutely wonderful and I'm so pleased I discovered it today It's, it's a really, really great privilege very... to have something like this to read that is intelligent thought provoking and doesn't underestimate my intelligence. <laughs> well, I just think it's a, it's, it's a wonderful addition to the media sphere with everything that's going on in the media. This is something you can pick up and, and read and every article gives you something different. And congratulations. I know that you're struggling to keep it afloat and we'll do everything we can um, <laughs> to help encourage people to, to support you because you're so gay-friendly and you're having intelligent discussions around gay issues and, and there's not enough of that for our community. So we do thank you. Jane, uh, just give us the website again. Uh, kingstribune.com. K-I-N-G-S-T-R-I-B-U-N-E dot com. Beautiful. Jane Gilmore, thank you so much. Lovely to meet you. You too. Thanks, Thanks Jane. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Let's have a kiki. You're having a kiki with Serena and Pete here on Joy 94.9. I want to have a kiki. Let's have a kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And honey. Listen to Joy when you want, where you want, with the Joy app. Download it for free at joy.org.au. Joy.org.au. Hello, this is Alison Moyer. You're listening to Joy 94.9. What a lovely voice Alison Moyer has, and what a beautiful voice Paloma Faith has. That was from her New York album, Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful? It's quite a question, really, isn't it? But it is an exquisite song and and a really, really lovely album. Mm. Now, our last guest, Jane Gilmore, referred to our next guest, Andrew Teat, who is a contributor to the King's Tribune. And he recently, in the last few months, wrote an article for the King's Tribune uh, just wondering about the ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby's obsession with same-sex marriage. He is a Christian. He is a criminal defence lawyer from Sydney. He blogs about New South Wales politics. And uh, this article was very interesting, so we thought we would follow up on it. Andrew, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. Good evening, thank you. Good, Good evening. evening. Oh, we did that in tune, Nones. We did. We're oh, a look double at act. us go. Hmm. Now, Andrew, in your recent article, you write that the ACL's focus on homosexual marriage, in your opinion, is disproportionate and puzzling. Could you elaborate on that? I guess what I was trying to say is that it seems like there's almost an obsession or certainly an enormous focus from the ACL on gay marriage. Now, they're entitled to speak about what they want to speak about, of course, but it seems that there's such a disproportionate focus on that when there's so many other in my view, far more important issues that they can and should be speaking out about. That reflect Christian values? Exactly, yes. Yeah, such as what? Uh, well, the example I thought of earlier today, or remembered earlier today, was the cuts to foreign aid that were made recently. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now, they did have something to say about that, but it really got drowned out by the constant uh, constant amount of uh, information and press releases and interviews and whatever else they were doing about the gay marriage issue. Now, as I said, they're entitled to say what they want to say, but there's such a heavy focus on this one issue. It's disappointing that they don't look at what I think are far more important issues that they as Christians should be talking about. Look, Andrew, I think you've raised a really interesting point, and my impression of the ACL, that is, if if you remove Jim Wallace from the equation, you might have a fighting chance of, of having a balanced debate. But it, it, it seems that there is a fundamental sense of threat around all things homosexual when it comes to Jim Wallace. Um, I think you're right in saying that there's this disproportional focus on, on homosexuality and, and same-sex marriage. And I... I guess I want to ask you, you know, is, is, is the ACL's relationship with their God that fragile that if we have the right to get married that, that somehow that religion falls apart? I mean, can you, can you clarify some of the thinking on what that? What is the fear? What is yeah. the fear? You know, what, what is that about? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, my personal view is that I'm a favour of gay marriage. Um, I think that if um, gay people want to get married, that's fantastic and good luck to them and it really will have no direct effect on my personal life and my marriage. So I have no issue at all with gay people wanting to get married. Um, Exactly why it is there's a focus on it, I I don't know. Uh, Christians have in the past, for many reasons, in many different contexts, had a heavy focus on sex generally. There's been quite fair criticism of Christians that they seem to care only about sex and nothing else. So maybe that's part of it. Um, I don't think it's... I've got the impression people are worried that it will somehow affect their faith directly. I suppose some people see it as being a great moral issue that they need to that they need to fight and they need to for some reason campaign against this um my view is that it's not um i don't think uh, that it's anywhere near the most important issue christians should be worried about and uh to if people do think that their faith is somehow threatened or affected by gay marriage, I'd be as interested as you to find out why they think that it makes no sense to me well personally. i would suggest that perhaps they find a different god Maybe that's something they could do, I suppose. But it, it certainly isn't the uh, God I understand, as I understand it. Andrew, you sound like a relatively young man. Um, amongst your Christian peers, are there others who share your feelings about the Christian lobby, the Australian Christian lobby? There's a really broad uh, school of thought, I suppose. Some people, of course, agree. Some disagree. Um, some find politics and the ACL just generally tiresome. But there's a really broad spectrum of views that cover just about every possible permutation, but I'm certainly not alone in my views, I don't think. Not amongst my immediate associates, as it were. One of the things you raise in your article, another point, is that you feel like the Australian Christian lobby is pursuing what you see as as a relentlessly conservative agenda as opposed to a Christian agenda. They're covering it with a Christian cloak, but it's actually a conservative agenda. Is that what really gets up your nose? It's What gets up my nose is the idea that Jim Wallace and the ACL speak for all Christians. They don't. Mm. Uh, there's a very small proportion, a very small number of people who contribute to the ACL and are supporters when you compare that to the number of people who are regular churchgoers or would call themselves Christians. Uh, it's a very narrow spectrum. And it's my impression, at least, that when you look at the spectrum of Christians and where they stand on political issues, that the ACL is right up the one end. Now, that's fine. And as I said, they can, they have the right to their own view. But I certainly do not believe that they speak for all or even a majority of Christians. Um, and that's what really frustrates me because I spend a lot of time on Twitter. That's where I came to know Jane from and where I first heard about the King's Tribune. And I hear people uh, 
being very offended, and often rightly so, by the stuff the ACL is saying, and they then somehow quite reasonably tar all Christians with the same brush. Mm. Um, I think you'd find if you chatted to many, many, many Christians across Sydney, um, they don't share those conservative views and they don't believe that it's a Christian's job to go out and have this moral agenda to try and force on all people. Uh, Most Christians are very good people and very kind and generous and loving people, and I think many um, are and would be quite disappointed and shocked by the uh, way that ACL carries on. Well, certainly that's how I understand Christians should behave. Mm. Letting well, you is without sin cast the first stone. And I think you've just sort of captured the essence of, of the way that most people should live their lives regardless of re- religious sure, affiliation. Sure. And, and you know, I, I think you've raised some, some wonderful points around the need for the separation of religion and state, for instance. Um, Andrew, if people wanted to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? Um, they can follow me as Mr. Tate. That's M-R-T-I-E-D-T. No one will remember that, but if you search for... Mr. Teeth hopefully will pop up in due course, and I'm in the King's Tribune uh, whenever Jane sees fit to publish my writings. And, you know, you've got a strange little profile picture. How can people find that? <laughs> it's um, uh, Jules from Pulp Fiction. It was very threatening at that point in time. A bit of Samuel L. Jackson by the looks of it. Um, look, we'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. We've, we've very much enjoyed chatting with you and, and getting a sense of, you know, the true essence of Christianity and how far removed it is from the, the platform that the ACL springs from in all matters relating to homosexuality. We've just been chatting to Andrew Teed. Thanks for and, speaking uh, up, Andrew. We no do problem. appreciate Thanks, your time, mate. No problem. Okay, we're going to go to some messages now, Knowns. Cool. Lovely. You're listening to Serena and Pete on Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9, the gayest station in the nation. G'day, I'm Barry Bissell, and you're listening to Australia's first and only gay and lesbian radio station, the mighty Joy 94.9. You certainly are listening to the Mighty Joy 94.9. It's uh, 20, mm, gosh, it's 42 minutes past seven. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. My technical panel man, Matt, has just given me evils. I should be saying it's 18 minutes to eight. He's now nodding. I'm, I've just avoided being slapped. Uh, we've just got a message in from um, a wonderful listener. He doesn't actually give us, oh, Jacob Holman. Jacob uh, has said, love your discussion about the ACL and he's actually done uh, an analysis for the ACL's total output and put it together in a graph, which gives an illustration of the depth of the ACL's obsession with gay people, which comes at the expense of the things that Christ would have been concerned with. Great call. Mm. Um, Jacob, our shout out to you is to maybe pop that into an email to saltandpepper at joy.org.au so we can share that on Twitter because we'd love to spread that love and we do appreciate you sending that in. It's really interesting. You remember the Q&A recently, I think it was Archbishop Peter Jensen was mm-hmm. on, and I thought that the absolute nerve, he's, he's running, leading a church that was founded by a man who just kept divorcing women, Henry mm. VIII, mm. and yet he's talking about the sanctity of heterosexual marriage as though it's you know something that has always been there since time immemorial and it's total garbage. Well interestingly I read an article recently known that says the uh, the Anglican church was only the one of the reasons why it was created was to um to 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 create divorce. Mm. So that's right. It's, you know, it, the Pope would, wouldn't give Henry VIII the divorce. So the Anglican Church sprung up. Yep. And uh, so they probably, I would have thought that they represent the disposability of heterosexuality, heterosexual marriage. What do you reckon? <laughs> Is that, am I drawing a long bow there? Look, 
from you, Serena, it's not a long bow, darling. <laughs> it couldn't be possible that you would draw a long bow. Look, I just really think no, Nick, the long honestly. bow that's being drawn is trying to pretend that it's, you know, absolutely the way it has to be. But only heterosexuals can marry. Well, we're going to talk a little bit later, or shortly actually, we're going to play some audio from Stephen Fry. Look, the, the very big news out of America this week, and we're just going to do it, we're going to cherry pick a few news items, and one is that the gorgeous Sally Field, who you, a lot of people of our vintage would know her as the flying nun, Other will know, others will know her from Steel Magnolias, and uh, more recently from Brothers and Sisters. Wonderful show. She, it's, it's an exquisite piece of, of, of writing. Mm. Uh, she has a gay son, mm. and um, he's a 25-year-old young man called Sam and she's just been uh, ex- she's just been awarded a human rights campaign ally for equality award this is what she had to say about uh, gay parenting and uh, the journey of gay young people I, I, I've never talked about this before it's Sam's business and not mine to talk about but I'm here tonight for two reasons There are so many children who struggle to understand and embrace their sexuality in families who do not welcome them, with parents that somehow find it acceptable to shut them out of their hearts and their homes. And that I find unacceptable. There comes a time when parents must listen and learn from these people they brought into the world, their children. And these children have something important to teach their parents. I urge them to listen. And then I'm here to thank you. Yes, to thank you for this award, but more than that, I want to thank all of you out there who have been brave enough to walk point and force change, to fight for the basic human rights that my son and my son's generations and the generations to follow will so greatly benefit from. He doesn't have to twist himself into a pretzel and pretend to be somebody he he isn't, denying important parts of who he is, He doesn't have to give up his dreams of the future. He doesn't have to feel ashamed. You all have fought for him as surely as if you were one of his parents. You've changed and are changing the lives of little boys and girls who realize somewhere along the way they're just different from their other brothers and sisters. And so the fuck what? Joy 94.9. Bit of an owie there from Sally at the end there. I probably should have announced that there was going to be the F-bomb dropped, which normally you would do, actually. You've been known to drop the odd. I don't know what you mean. Um, it did get the biggest applause of the whole speech, that final line. And if you want to um, hear that speech in its entirety, I do urge you to look it up. It's the HRC's Ally for Equality Award. Um, her son gives rather a lengthy introduction, which is very sweet, and gives a kind of colour of, of what Sally is like <laughs> as a mum. Um, and he said, being gay was just one more thing she loved about me. Uh, he notes that her new apartment, she's just bought an apartment in West Village, it's just a 10-minute walk from his own, and he said she couldn't be more supportive of me. If anything, I wish she was a little less supportive of me. But Aww. she's a wonderful role model for, for parents. Um, Isn't she just, though? Everywhere, and I just 
congratulate her on her, her wonderful, wonderful attitude and her gorgeous, gorgeous feelings about all this. It's brilliant. What I really like hearing as, as, as a gay woman, I guess, is, is her acknowledgement of the journey mm. and, and the privacy of that journey and, and standing beside him whilst he walked that, you know, difficult path and, and, and just embracing him. I just, I just think that's really exquisite. And we, we dragged this audio from Huffington Post Gay. Yeah. So it's the Huff Post Gay section and uh, it's, it's a really lovely piece of audio. There's one lovely bit in it too. Her, her two older sons, who are quite a lot older than Sam, she wanted to talk to Sam about what she felt was, you know, becoming evident. And they said, no, Mum, he's got to decide. He's got to work it out for himself. <laughs> so she had to bite her tongue rather than contextualise his precious. feelings for I mean, him. It's very like, precious. I mean, it's a bit like when my mum calls me and, she, and, and I know the conversation's going to be hilarious when she goes, hello, darling, you know how you're a gay? <laughs> like, yes, Mum. And then she'll launch into, well, I've got a question. You know, there's this ongoing um, wanting to know and wanting to to share to engage and, with you and to engage and to you know it, she says I I understand you you know you're born that way and my dad sends me gay news and mm. it's it's just it's lovely when they get to that point and and I love that she talked about Sam's journey but she's clearly gone on her own journey absolutely and, and children are so precious and they they want to be in your lives you know for such a short time and anything you can do as a parent to engage with your child. Gosh, you should do it. Absolutely. Wise words, knowns. Look, equally wise is uh, openly gay British actor, writer, comedian, intellectual Stephen Fry. Oh, yes. Um, he's recently launched an attack on opponents of same-sex marriage by declaring that there are 260 species of animal which display gay tendencies, but only one that is homophobic. Who would Humans. that be? Humans. Oh, my gosh. Humans. First name, Tony. Um, so Fry's made a, a shout-out video for the Out for Marriage campaign. It's been launched in the UK, but it's generating some heat locally as well. We're going to play that audio now. It does, it does go for about four minutes, but every bit of it's gold, so we're going to run the entirety of it. So, so hang in there with it. Hello. Um, actually, I'd like most of all to address people who are of a religious uh, turn of mind. Maybe well known that I'm not, but I've always respected the individual's right to their own religion, and uh, I have no quarrel with anybody, pious and devout in their faith. And the most important thing for me is that a misconception be cleared up, um, that, that equal rights for gay marriage are not about forcing priests or clerics of any religion to marry people in their churches if they don't want to. It's not about that. And uh, those who are against gay marriage are somehow spreading this disinformation that we are we're going to say, you, you, reverend so-and-so, are forced to hold this gay marriage in your church. It's not true. Uh, the, the, the people uh, who run churches or synagogues or, or mosques are not forced to, to, um, to, to marry previously divorced people. For example, it's a very good uh, analogy, uh, it's entirely up to them if, they, if it goes against their faith. But what's really important is that there are other faiths, like Quakers, like Congregationalists and, and, um, and Unitarians and, 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 and the Liberal Reform um, part of the, of the Jewish uh, faith, who are actually extremely keen that they feel that their communion won't be complete unless it includes gay marriage, because they believe in social justice and equality too. And it's wrong in a country like ours, which has in fact an established church we're not a secular society we, we have an established church just because their more extreme end is screeching with outrage at the idea of this um, that we're not allowed to be married it, it's, it's unfair on, on 
plenty of other religious people, and it's also misrepresenting what we require, which is only the same as anybody else, and that's to express our love in the fullest possible way of commitment. It used to be we were regarded as villains because we were so bohemian and outrageous and we, 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 we eschewed family values, but we're not. We're human beings like everybody else, and we, we believe first and foremost in love. So that's, that's the first thing I'd say, really. And the other thing I'd say is, is gosh, Britain in particular, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't the Olympic Games and the Paralympic Games and this extraordinary summer, hasn't it shown that, in fact, we are a really open, generous, tolerant society, diverse, full of love, and, and that patriotism and, and, and pride in the Union Jack is not something for you know, hideous National Front types or, or, or British you know, Union of Fascist types. It's for all of us. And what we celebrate is our, is our tolerance, our openness, our, the multiplicity of things it means to be British, to be quirky, to be eccentric, to be, to be, to be charming and funny and odd, and certainly not to be, to be down on other people who love each other, who, have, who are no threat to anybody else. So I would urge you, if you have been sort of jiggling in your mind as to whether or not you think it's a, a right or wrong thing, my third point is, is that of uh, an animal lover. Uh, uh, at least 260 species of animal have been noted exhibiting homosexual behavior, but only one species of animal ever, so far as we know, and I'd be fascinated if anyone can prove me wrong, has exhibited homophobic behavior, and that's the human being. So ask yourself, which is really natural? Think about it. Go with your heart. Thank you. Joy, 94.9. Go with your heart. Yes, it's lovely. I mean, he's just saying tolerance. You know, why shouldn't we all be allowed to be charming and funny and odd in our own ways? Yep. And yet it seems like society wants us to not be charming. Oh, we can, but we just don't want to be equally charming. No, and it doesn't want you to be funny or odd. You just have to toe a line and be abusive and nasty and bigoted. And, and misogynistic. And misogynistic. Look, look I've, I've probably had more than a gutful of, of some of the misogyny that's, that's flying around currently. And, and we're seeing, you know, just rampant examples of that in the media. Um, I think Stephen's encapsulated it beautifully. And what I loved is that, you know, when you're gay, you don't, you don't eschew family. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. You know, family takes on a different meaning. Well, the family of humanity, exactly. for goodness sake. Yeah. Anyway, lovely that those two people, Sally Field and Stephen Fry, uh, gave us some positive messages this week. That's great. You're listening to Serena and Pete on Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9. Look, we need to announce the next show that's coming in, which is the Spirit Lounge, informally known as The Priest, the Palm and the Poof. I think it's about all things religion and humanity and Christianity and, you know. It'll segue nicely from our show tonight. Well, because we did cover Christianity. We covered fantastic editorial decisions and and wonderful publishing from Jane Gilmore. Mm. We looked at uh, family values with Sally Field, the amazing Stephen Fry. It's a bit of a it's a it's, it's a bit of a glad bag today. Well, I've been very grateful to have been asked to do this because it introduced me to the King's Tribune, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful publication, and I do urge you to uh, have a look at it because I think anyone listening will really find it very informative and just a great read by some of our best writers. And you know what's really lovely about the Tribune is that if you've if, if you've only got a couple of shekels a week, you know it's it's less than a couple of dollars a week to subscribe just online. Mm. Or you can shell out 25 bucks for three months and you get this wonderful publication in the mail 
and it's it's just a great read and you can you can read it over and over again and it is same sex friendly and that's the reason why we brought Jane in tonight and there's no they, Andrew Bolt there's no Andrew Bolt there's no Tony Abbott there's no Alan Jones there's no misogyny it's just sound editorial and balanced debate smart smart very smart and uh, we're going to sign off and say good night and thank you for listening to Salt and Pepper Noni thank you for joining me tonight I My do appreciate pleasure. it it's beautiful to have you back in the station lovely to be here and thanks to our wonderful operator Matt we love Matt to bits good night everyone good night gonna find my baby gonna hold her tight gonna grab some afternoon delight my motto's always been when it's right it's right why wait until the middle of a cold dark night when everything's a little clearer in the light of day and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway for listening to a joycast from joy 94.9 to find out more about joy 94.9 check out joy.org.au thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia plus community media organization joy help keep joy on air head to joy.org.au joy a diverse sound for a diverse community